The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. experience multiplication give him thanks for this first six months this week is the last week thereabout of the first half thank him for the second half in advance thank him for the future oh the next five years the next 10 years the next 20 years the next 30 years 40 years 50 years if Christ tarries those years those decades they are swimming towards us, giving glory for life. Better days are ahead of us. Better years are ahead of us. Better testimonies are ahead of us. Greater glory in manifestation. Kalabo Shandaya. Holy Spirit, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we reverence you. Oh, open our eyes to see. Build us so we can last. Fortify us to be sustained to the end. Help us so we can continue in the race. Heal the brokenhearted. Encourage the discouraged today. What name it's you? And he said, Yeah. And I asked the Lord, and I asked the Lord, and I called Sankayana, what name fits you? Spirit, thank you. Glorify Christ in our midst today. Let a mark be made that cannot be erased in Jesus' mighty name. Please put your beautiful hands together this morning. Let's celebrate our leader, uh, Pastor Israel, and the First Lady. God bless you, Ma. And all our parish pastors, thank you so much. And everyone that's joining. And for those that are joining online, God bless you. Don't be distracted by the kitchen or by the car park. 
concentrate, and I, we believe that uh, we'll be blessed together in Jesus' mighty name. Please put your hands together as you find your seat. Hallelujah. Built to last uh, part two. Uh, yesterday, we started by encouraging everyone to have a vision. Um, write the vision. Make it plain that he may run that readed it. You don't arrive at a future you've not seen before. It never happens. If you arrive at such, it won't last in your hands. As far as your eyes can see, you can possess. Uh, scribble it down, put it on your notepad or somewhere, you know, and, and make it clear. Seven items, 12 items, and let it cover every aspect of life. You know, health is a major part. Uh, finance, ministry, if you're a minister, you're a leader of, the, of, a, of a church. Uh, we need holistic success, not just uh, talking about church growth, church growth, you know. What about your health growth? <laughs> what about the family? You know, family life is a lot. Uh, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, most people don't make plans to make their marriage get better. You can be a great engineer and be a stupid husband. Yeah, you can be a powerful nurse as a lady and be a horrible wife. The laws for marital success is not the same as law for career success. And you can be a minister of the gospel preaching so well and be a horrible man at home. Believe me. Believe me. For some ladies in Nigeria, some pastors' wives said they prefer to marry the man they see on the altar. Anybody can be holy on the altar because the anointing is on the pastor. It looks so quiet. It looks like the very nicest man. So they say they prefer to marry that person on the altar because the same person at home is not just, it's like she wishes somebody can bring, uh, come to the house to check and, and wonder, is it the same person? So as we plan for the second half, uh, make a plan for how the family can get better. Very important. Very, very important. And nothing gets better without investment. Investment of time. I had to schedule monthly, quarterly dates with my spouse and the, and the children. There's the one for the children and her, and there's the one for me and her alone, and there's the one for me alone. Because if you're not okay, you can't be okay. So when I treat myself, then I can treat her, and then together we can treat the children. <laughs> Glory to God. So have a, and write it down. Be specific. Don't say, my marriage will be better. Mm -mm. What is mean of better? Second Monday of every month, 6 p.m., my wife and I and a date at a place where she will pick, not me. Not I'm going to pick Mr. Biggs. No, Mr. Biggs. <laughs> Somewhere of her choice. And then we'll go there together and she order for what she wants. And then she can talk. And then give her opportunity to communicate what she doesn't really like. Don't bully her with scriptures. In that sense. Some ladies are excited. <laughs> he too will say his own to you. Uh -huh. So let's have a vision for our finance. Uh, if you're a student here, have a vision. I'll write it down. Now, shoot very high, okay? Uh, let it be big. So after you've written down those desires, you now take it to God in prayers. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. You ask him for strength. You ask him for wisdom to go about everything. So at the end of the day, every accomplishment on that list, all the glory goes to him. Any goal you achieve by yourself will lead to pride. 
you'll be thinking, yes, I know how to plan. You know, I did strategic studies, University of Toronto. And you think it's yourself that did it. And that pride will scatter everything in no time. So it's better you carry it to God in prayers, ask him for favor, ask him for wisdom, ask him for help. And you see his hand at work. You become partners. And at the end of the day, he's a senior partner anyway. And whatever goals you attain, you achieve, then all the glory goes to him. Uh, and then we talked about motive yesterday. Clarifying your motive. James 4.3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. There is a, there is a kind of asking that is not uh, incongruent with God's heart. Why do you want to prosper? It will amaze you how people want to succeed out of bitterness. Oh, what my uncle did to me, I must make money to prove to him that I can do it myself. God doesn't do that kind of thing. I want to prosper to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. I want to be a blessing to orphans. And I mean it. We do that a lot in our church. The less privileged. I want to be a blessing to the children. I want them to have a great life. Why do you want to get married? Why do you want to succeed? So we must ensure that our motives are aligned. And for those of us that are parish pastors, area pastors, why do we want the church to prosper or to grow? Is it to have more people? You know, <laughs> when our church started, and I saw the members many years ago, I'll be preaching and I'll tell myself, these are not my real members. Because they didn't have anything. The car park was empty. I said, my real members are coming. This was some... What I saw in my vision was very powerful. God said, you will stay there. No doctor waits for perfect people to come to the hospital. Only sick patients. Any doctor that doesn't like to treat patients would lack money. So these are the ones I've sent to you. The car is inside them. The money is inside them. The future of the ministry. So you, the earlier you settle with them, the better. Ah, the next one day I changed. Started blessing them. Ministered to them. And then they started prospering. Cars everywhere. Now, it's a different story entirely. Your motive for growth is to touch more lives. To rescue more families. And then we talked about restoration process. I won't go through that. I would encourage you to get the download or whatever way we do it here. Uh, CDs are out of fashion now. You can do the downloads, but you need to listen to that. Realize, react, retrace, repent, or restitute. Recognize was a major part yesterday, and then receive. I didn't touch on receive yesterday because, uh, because of time. Uh, most people don't even know how to receive restoration when it shows up. You know, that prodigal son, if you are some of us, you know, he said, um, uh, I'm not fit to be your son hired me as one of your servants. That was, he wanted to just be like a staff instead of suffering in the wilderness. And then the father said, no, 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 I won't have that. Uh, give, bring the best robe, everything. Some of us said, no, no, I don't want the best robe. I don't qualify. I have got you, daddy. Like many of us are still trying to do certain things to please God, thinking exactly that I do that will make him do certain things for me. But the prodigal son received it. He received it so well, the other brother was jealous. You must also master the art of receiving. God loves you. God is not your boss. He's your father if you are saved. A father is different. Ah. So when we pray, our father, which art in heaven, father, loving father. God does not have love. God is love. So we must learn to receive from him. Even when we go wrong and then the mercy of God prevails, learn to receive. 
Many of the things that will come, you don't qualify. The blood of Jesus qualifies you. If not, you will reduce it to what you think you qualify for. That by the level of my sin, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be your son again. You will reject it. Say, just, I'll just be one of the security man. At least for two years, sir. Let me, let me repent of my sin. And then you miss out on the best of God. We must always learn to receive the best of God. It's coming from our Father. And then let me pick up this morning from the heart of a servant. I learned this many years ago. Perhaps those who have listened to me might have picked this somewhere. But I want to talk about the heart of a servant. It helps you to last. We never outgrow servanthood. We are saved to serve. Where, when you stop serving, uh, you start decaying. Genesis 24, I think we start from verse 12. We never outgrow serving. It takes humility to serve. But that is where God's promotion, you know, prospers in our lives. Servanthood. Now, the background of this story is so beautiful. Abraham was looking for a wife for his uh, son, his only begotten son, Isaac. And he called the chief of staff, uh, Eliezer, to go to Mesopotamia to look for a wife. It was a big project. It's like saying, send somebody to Richmond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Richmond. To look for a wife. How do you go about that? What do you do? Do you go to Sheraton and then do uh, Toronto Voice Challenge? Or Project Fame? And ask all the ladies together, start interviewing them. So the guy got there with 10 camels, verse 12. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Verse um, 13, or the next line. Um, Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Next verse. Um, now, look, look at this prayer. It didn't say, I want the most beautiful woman or the most handsome, you know. He said, now let it be the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink. And I will also give your cameras a drink. Let her be the one you have chosen for, uh, you have chosen for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Verse 15. And it happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came up with a pitcher on her shoulder, verse, uh, verse 16 or so. Um, so. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin, no man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up, verse 17. And the servant of Abraham ran to meet her and said, please, just imagine, I mean, just the scenario. Uh, she did not know who he was. She just, he just, please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. How do you respond to that? How do you respond to that? So she said, drink, my Lord. That's courtesy. Not, who you be? <laughs> when, from where I come from. Uh, I beg you. Drink, my Lord. Courtesy. There will be fewer broken homes 
and unhappy marriages, if people allow common courtesies into their lives, Esperi, an Indian author, honor for people anywhere you are in the world. Honor. Drink, my Lord. She doesn't know what was at stake or what is at stake. Drink, my Lord. Greet people politely. Serve young, old, white, black, green, yellow, whatever religion. Greet politely. Drink, my Lord. Please keep that scripture for us. Then she quickly let down her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. She quickly, quickly, stop. It's the only me that came to the well. You know, if I send you to help me get a cup of water, and you pick the cup, and you murmur on your way, and yet you get the cup of water, it has canceled the service. How you serve is much more important than what you have done. Do you understand? You carry the cup, and you am the only one in the house, in the office, every time. But you're going, and you get the water, and you're murmuring. You bring the water, but it's zero. It's zero. She quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. Next line. And this is seven-star staff, seven-star Christian, whichever we want to name it. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, who said? It wasn't the man that now said, please, can you go this extra mile? She said, I will draw water for your cameras until... 10, 50 gallons per camel? Oh, no. That's service. That's service. Somebody else, after giving the man the water, sees the camels. Thank you, sir. You know, before you say anything. And, you, you know, dodging responsibility, you think you are smart. You are cheating yourself. Any assignment that stretches you is building for your future. Any. Any. You will not be paid instantly, but destiny will pay you. Let it stretch you. She said, I, I will draw water. From. These camels are also thirsty. And I will satisfy them. I had to take it out. More than 50 gallons or 50 liters also. Per camel. And it's not uh, tap water. I don't put the camel's mouth on the tap. Oh, yeah. Take your own. I move. Next. It's pulling from the well. Pulling from the well. Pulling from. And that's why you must invest in your health also. Eh, eh. <laughs> your health. Even though you want to do that, but by the second camel, will you still be able to <laughs> do exercises? Be strong, athletic, be smart. Ten camels until they are finished drinking. Next line. Then she quickly, can you see the quickly? Like up and down, and not because they said to her, anyone that does this for this man will marry Abraham's son. If anybody knows that, ah. Uh, they will even feed the camels, wash their bodies. She didn't know. She was just serving. She quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran, ran, quickly ran, ran back to the well to draw water and drill for all his camels. Uh, in case this is not your attitude, maybe that's why God sent me here. Change for your own sake. Don't allow media shape you into a rotten person. It will help your marriage. It will help your profession. It will help your future. All this, I know, send. You know, cancel culture. Just anyhow. Will leave you depressed one day. You'll be tired of life. Because somewhere, when you don't handle life the way you handle it, it will batter you. 
This is a woman, not even a guy, going the extra mile. Next. And the man wondering, of course, she, he was silent as to know whether, is it Yahoo? Is it Yahoo girl? Did somebody send her, did they, did they send her an email that I was, you know, like he was wondering, that is how we should lead people. Wondering, can we still find people like this in, in, in Ontario? Are there still ladies like this in this church? Wow. Glory to God. <laughs> as to know whether the Lord has made his journey prosperous or not. <laughs> Next verse. So it was when the camels had finished, even the camels will bless her, isn't it? When the camels had finished drinking, that the man took what? Look at what happened. Money will come. The fame will come. But keep serving. Many want this last part before the service. Then the man took a golden nose ring, weighing half a shekel, and two bracelets for weighing ten shekels of gold. <laughs> now verse 23, and, his, and said, whose daughter are you? He should get to a point, say, who is her father? Who is his father? Which child does he or she attend? This is different. This guy is different. Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please. Is there room in your father's house for us to love? Now, the money she got that day, it was just introduction. Her marital destiny is about to be completely settled and a spiritual future. You are marrying Isaac, the one that will obtain Abraham's inheritance, both spiritual and material. She didn't know, but she served her way into it. Someone watching you is capable of blessing you that you don't know. In your office, in your neighborhood, in church. Someone is watching. I tell ladies in church that are trusting God to even get married. Be courteous. I know you have your spec, spec as they call it, it does not mean any guy doesn't look like your spec. You now disdain them. You talk to them anyhow. Unknown to you, the one that is not your spec is close to the one that is your spec. So how you are treating the one that is on your spec, he will tell the one that is your spec. The one that is your spec, we ask the one that is on your spec about you. <laughs> spec. <laughs> and it's the one that's not your spec, we tell the one that is your spec, don't go there. She doesn't even know how to greet. Any small thing, she will be snobbing. And that ends the story. You know, business success has a lot to do with recommendation. Yeah, repeat sales. Word of mouth. Somebody uses a product and is able to recommend it. Oh, that product is fantastic. And then that, that goes on. It happens to Joseph, the guys in the prison, the butler and the baker. They say, oh, 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 oh. God forgive us. There's a guy, he interpreted our dreams. And he walked out. Exactly what he said. Pharaoh sent for him. What if all the things he said didn't happen? Will they recommend it? Even though they remember it, ah, now if I tell to Pharaoh, Pharaoh will kill all of us because whatever he said will not come to pass. Can he recommend you? Can the Holy Ghost recommend you? The heart of a servant would help us to last. No matter what level you are, never outgrow serving. Jesus said to the disciples, I am among you as one that serves. I'm the pastor of our church, but I consider myself chief servant of our ministry. Uh, every time I'm privileged to preach, I'm serving. I told them I'm the first half of this ministry employed by the Holy Spirit. He marks my papers. Even here as I'm speaking to you, he's marking my script. And when your script is marked after a period of time, then you promote to another level. Promotion comes from him. You can't force it. If you jump up 
and it's not God's will, you come down. But when God raises you up, you stay up. So I want us to allow the heart of humility to penetrate us. Everywhere you go, you know, as you step back into business today or tomorrow, just serve. Some might mock you like they did to Joseph. But in no time, Joseph became the prime minister ahead of Potiphar and that his wife. That should make sense to us. Praise the Lord. And then, uh, you know, we had Father's Day last Sunday and I was sharing with the men in church. I told them that everybody can learn from this. That um, most men are leaders. Most presidents are leaders. Uh, most presidents are males, right? Uh, how many percentage? Can somebody help us? Of presidents globally that are males? <laughs> I agree. How many CEOs are men? Percentage? 85 now, right? Yeah. How many fathers are men? Sorry. How many fathers are men? I have to ask, have to ask you now. How many fathers? No, how many fathers are males? Sorry. In Africa, we have a lot of nationalism. But here, I think it's changing. The men shape the future. You know why? It's a concept of leadership. Did God open my eyes to seeing it? And it touches every woman factor here because as a lady, you are parenting. Most daughters behave like their mothers or aunties. Most men behave like their fathers. Leadership is, 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 is so critical, it determines the, the success of a group of people. Leadership is the door. Everything rises or falls on leadership. And this morning, I, I just want to stir us so that you know that your decisions affect more people than you think. When pastor makes a decision, it's binding on the family and on his own behalf. So the quality of mind making those decisions matter. It's a problem in Africa today. We have a leadership crisis in Africa. Leaders make decisions that is binding on the lead. So Satan too hates, you know, he wants to target the leadership to destroy people. So scripture says, smite the shepherd. It's not smite the sheep. Smite the shepherd. For me to handle the sheep, I go for the shepherd. I go for the leaders. I go for the men. I go for the parents. I go for the leaders. So as a leader in the making, you must build yourself in such a way that you are a blessing to people. A leader is either a blessing or a curse. It's a disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. One day I looked at our kids at home. We are, we are blessed with four daughters. And they go just playing, having a nice time. And I know that one, God forbid, one wrong decision from my end can reshape their future. You know that? Just one, you know, like one lady in our, when I was on campus, she was struggling to school, struggling. And I wonder, I just asked her, what, what happened? I thought it was even like a fatherless, you know, like an orphan. She said, no, my dad is still alive. So what happened? He's at home, doing what? Reading newspapers. What happened? And one day the boss annoyed him. He now angrily re, re, uh, resigned and said he would never work for anybody. Angrily, you know, just anger. 
I will greet you. I'm not going to work for anybody. Now, since he has not worked for anybody, has he worked for himself? So the mother was not carrying the hefty load. Thank God she's a believer. She was always asking us for money in fellowship. But that has some people become prostitutes in Nigeria. Just one man's irrational decision. You don't just resign like that. So leaders make decisions. So we are building people that, that are wise. The wiser we are, the better we live. Building us so that we can, we can be a blessing, not just to our children, our family, but to our nation, to our generation. One decision can fatalize the family. But one wrong one can wreck the ministry, God forbid. So as I was saying, I said, the enemy knows that. That's why leaders are always under pressure. If you're a parish pastor, area pastor, even if you're a young person, because this is the best time to grow. Ah, I've been pastoring for, I mean, since I was on campus. I've counseled with people. One of the challenges I have is with men. You see a woman that's been a couple married for like 20 years, and the wife is telling you, my husband has never apologized for 20 years. He's never been wrong. How great thou art. How great thou art. Uh-uh. Any smart thing. It will explain the way. Any smart thing. Analysis. But when she's wrong, oh, heaven will come down. It's, it's, it's horrible on the woman because when you think you are the only one wrong for 20 years, it damages you as a person. It's damaging. It, you feel like, like a wrong human being. And, and, and that will affect the children. And those children will grow up and marry somebody. And you see how this thing perpetuates? Oh, yes. It's a guy you have to apologize to. An apology is doing an apology. All this, I'm sorry. Is that all? Have you eaten it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that apology? And then they now come for counseling. The same man will now sit down gently and say, Pastor, I told her I'm sorry. Can you imagine? And that, how, did she, how did they say I'm sorry? Ah, oh, Pastor, that's why I'm sorry. He just shouted at me. I'm sorry. Are you okay now? That's not apology. Every man here, can you just say, I'm, just say it. You know, whether you're single or married, say, I'm sorry. Just learn it. <laughs> Apologizing. Even Jesus wept. What is that? All these, I, I can't, you know, some men just think if they cry, they are less of a man. Who taught you that? Village sense? I can't cry. Somebody dies. That is taught. What is that? Cry. Shed tears. You'll be a better person. This, that thing you've been keeping is affecting them in the office. You behave like something, something is not okay. The wires have been twisted because what you should have expressed, you have left it inside. Sorry. You are not normal again. You kept it for 10 years. Your dad died 10 years. You've not shed one tear. Because you want to prove that you're a man. Ah. Even though you worship, people will be worshiping God. And I ask the Lord. <laughs> Just stand there like we're worshiping him. Worship. Throw yourself up. It helps me a lot. I cry. I cry easily. You, you'll be normal. You'll be adjusted. You will be merciful. Mm. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Look, all the ladies are the ones clapping. Oh, Excess of you men. <laughs> okay. Um, First Corinthians 10 from verse 1. 
There was a guy in our church many years ago. The wife gets angry a lot when they are having an argument. Just to let you know that women also have their issues. When she's angry, she starts breaking gadgets in the house, television. I said, I've never had this kind of thing before. So he said recently they were arguing. He didn't know by instinct as they were arguing, he was going towards the television. What is it? What is it? I'm trying to cover the television because I said, ah. And then one day they had an argument, she brought out a knife. So he had to, she had, he had to call the police in Lagos, Lagos, and he had to arrest her. So a woman can be like that, not apologizing, not humble. Let's honor each other. And I, told, I tell men, when you get married, they hand over a woman to you. When they come to check her after some years, let the man tell you, you, you are doing a better job than I did. Not that you have made my, my daughter worse. And you as the woman, that man, let your presence in his life shape his future. Pray for him. Men are always under temptations. Let, let's talk about some of those things. Let's read uh, uh, five verses. First Corinthians 10 from verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Um, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Uh, all ate the same spiritual food. Verse, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they all for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, now verse. Uh, for with most of them, most of them, uh, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Next verse. Now, now this is New Testament. Paul was talking about what happened in the Old Testament. He says, now these things became our own examples. That we should learn from it. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Um, and do not become idolaters. As for some of them, as, is, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Uh, not, uh, not let us commit uh, sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Uh, go on, uh, verse 9 or so. Okay, now verse 9, and now let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10, not complain, as some of them also complain and were destroyed by the destroyer. Um, next. So, so he's saying again that now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So he's saying that the plan of God was not for them to end in the wilderness. They were supposed to last, build to last. You left Egypt to enter into the fullness of their destiny. But in between, the enemy trapped them, some with immorality, some with this, some with that, so they couldn't get to the fullness. So the enemy tries to cause people to stumble on their way. I call it traps, satanic traps, to hinder people. And some of us have met people like that. They were shining, doing well, and suddenly something went wrong. They stumbled. Some are able to get back up, but many don't get back up. So this morning, I want to just run through some of those traps that we, you know, Scripture says we are not ignorant of the devices of Satan. So when you, when you have an idea of some of those booby traps, when it shows up, you can avoid it, and then our race can be kept intact, and, we can, and, and then we, 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 can, we can last um, in the game. The first one I want to mention is the trap of complacency, First Peter 5, 8. The trap of complacency. Complacency. 
1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. Look at it. He said, be sober, be what? Oh, yes, because the reason he's saying, calm down. Don't let the money enter your head. Don't let the promotion uh, make you become so spiritually lazy. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy that marriage, destroy the future, but you are sober, and then you are intact. You are, another version says, be alert. Don't let the devil on your property. Now, now you don't know uh, your weaknesses on, on, until you start getting promoted and getting money. You don't know what you're capable of doing. Any, any, anybody lacking money can appear very humble and, and okay. It's when you have a beautiful vehicle, monies are there, that it inflates what is inside you. Many people begin to misbehave when they see promotion. And the enemy likes that kind of time. And it goes in for them. So they don't even pray anymore. Oh, there's so much money now. The fridge is so colorful. To fast is hard. When there was no money, it doesn't even need to be fasting. Fasting is fasting here. Because there's nothing to eat. It doesn't, it doesn't, there's nothing. It will, it will package the timing of the food to survive. But now, it's so available. Now, you open the fridge, ah, ah, no, oh no, help me. And then by 12.30, you are looking like you are, something is wrong. The higher we go, the more prayers and fasting we need. Be sober. You know, there's this word, I don't know whether you understand, it's called vigilante. We are all vigilantes. If there's a snake or a serpent in this building, in this room, you won't know. It is very quiet. But when somebody's bitten, you know. The enemy moves around like that. So when you are sober and vigilant, you will know when it's moving. You notice something in your hair, in your home, you open fire immediately. Before the little serpent becomes a dragon in your hand. I've dealt with cases, you know, where I tell these persons, you should have attended to this 10 years ago. Now it's like a monster in my hand. It can go anyway. It's hard. I have faith, but I'm not sure you have faith. It's bigger than you. It's, you allowed it to, you know, to grow in your hands. But when you are vigilant, and when you notice something is not okay, you fire straight. Fire straight. Straight. And quell it. But you won't if you are not vigilant. If you're always bubbly, playing around, you're not, you don't, don't pray anymore. You don't, you know, the way we walk in the Western world can take your spiritual life from you. Just find out the days are just rolling and you don't read the Bible for a whole month. Huh, it's dangerous. When the enemy sees that that person is now so spiritually weak, you know, if you watch uh, Animal Planet, you, you, you see when the lion or the hyena wants to prey on the buffalo. When they see the herd of the buffalo, they can't attack just anyone. There are some they can't go near. The, the bulls are very tough. If they are healthy, most lions get their ribs broken. So what they do, they do a mock charge. Just them charge them. When they charge, the buffaloes, they, they just move. When they move, they look for the one that is weak, heavily pregnant, or sickly. When they spot that one, they zero in on it. And that's why in the church, we always pray for those who are weak amongst us. Pray for them. And they go after, and they stay on that until they kill that particular buffalo. But you see, we have the victory because we are spiritually sensitive. You know when you you, you know when something is not okay on time if you are vigilant. You know, 
Praying in tongues every day is very important. Reading the word keeps your heart. There's a way your mindset can be going off course and you realize that I cannot be thinking like this. This is not scriptural. And you get yourself back in line. You get yourself back in line. Some thoughts are coming your way too much. What's all this one? You, 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 you fight it on time. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, be sober. Be vigilant. Number two is the trap of pride. I think we've dealt with that a bit, but let me just speak to that a bit. The, the trap of pride. Isaiah 14, 12. You know, scripture says, before, uh, pride goes before you fall. I mean, that's paraphrased. When it says pride goes before you fall, it means the person was already on the height. If you're already down, you're not falling. So, one of the enemies of success is pride. See Lucifer. How you are falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Verse 13. For you have said, please listen people, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend where? I will what? I've already said. I will what? Do you see the I, I, is it not scary a bit? Some of people are like that. Everything is about themselves. Next verse, verse 14. I, I will ascend above the highs of the guy. How many eyes now? Five. Only you. But look at the next verse. Yet, you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest. You know, the day I saw it, I, I just saw like, like a scene in heaven. Someone, Satan is saying, I will, I will, I will. And then another one says, I will humble myself unto death. Even the death on the cross. So this one, you will go to the lowest part. This other one, for God has highly exalted him. And giving him a name that is above all names. So look at, so pride is a killer. It will make you last. You're a billionaire, you're a multi-millionaire, you're a giant CEO, the humble, the broken. Ecclesiastes 4.13. Never get to a point where you cannot be corrected again. Pastor can't talk to you. Even your wife can't even approach you. They have to pray for three days to present a line. Better is a poor and wise youth. Can you see that? Than an old and foolish king who will be admonished no more. If you can get another version, it would be fantastic. You can be growing and nobody can talk to you. Don't get to that. Learn to accept feedback. It's very painful, but it's healthy. Feedback, they say, is the breakfast of champions. Feedback can come from any source. I've had to apologize to our own children at home. Some people don't think they can apologize to them. Why? You can be wrong. Being wrong doesn't mean you are a failure. Oh, my good Lord. Isolate the matter. You're not a failure. You missed it there. And learn from it. And apologize genuinely. Sometimes we misjudge our children, right? And then we over, maybe correct them. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were the one that made the mistake. Please forgive me. And it's already forgiven me. It helps you. And it helps the child. Better is a poor but wise youth than an old and foolish king who refuses all advice. So one of the manifestations of pride is refusal. Because it's the advice that shapes us. The right counsel that shapes us. 
It could be from your friend, your spouse. Okay, another thing that we must watch out for is unholy counsel. This one is very, very sensitive, but the devil use will um, utilizes it a lot, and God will keep us from it in Jesus' name. Now, this trap is very subtle. It doesn't appear like a trap. Who advised Abraham to sleep with Hagar? Was she a bad woman? Was the counsel from God? No. That counsel led to Boko Haram. In case you maybe don't know, that, 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 that singular, seemingly innocent counsel. When the enemy wants to reach you at times, he will try to use the voice you respect. So we must be discerning. I said I was not a bad person. Let me show you an example in Matthew 16, verse 16. Matthew 16, 16. So when counsel comes, sometimes you can be your husband or your wife or your very close friend or a prayer partner. Hey, do it like this. Go and pray. An older prophet lied to a younger prophet in the Old Testament and the guy died for it. He respected the man too much. God told the guy, don't eat, don't do this until you go back. The older prophet lied to that younger prophet that God came to me by an angel. And he didn't even bother to pray. He was so sincere. But he died for it. Simon Peter answered and said, Ah, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Look at what Jesus Christ said in verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for what? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. When the devil had that, ah. Look at it, he said, verse 18 says, And I also said to you, that you are Peter, on this rock I will... And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So, the same Peter, the same chapter, verse 22, verse 21. The same Peter, the same Peter, the same Peter, that flesh and blood did not reveal to him. Look at this. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And be what? But did he stop at being killed. What did he say next? And be raised. It didn't end with killing. I will rise up. But look at the next verse. That's in Peter. In the same chapter. Then Peter took him aside <laughs> and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. If you allow the first part to enter you too much, you will receive this one too. Ah, you say it's true. That's what I do. Is it me that sin? Now, you don't know what this is. This thing could have kept us from salvation. This was the major reason Jesus came up. Not signs and wonders. There's hardly any signs and wonders you see in the New Testament that didn't happen in the Old Testament. Uh-uh. Moses divided the sea. The bones of Elisha raised the dead. Not Elisha. Bones. So thank God for signs and wonders. But they were not redeemed. He came to redeem us. That is the principal assignment. But that friend, that close friend said, no, you are not going to die. <laughs> you will know this was a major temptation when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he said, ah, if it is possible, remove this cup from me. Because it was a major sacrifice. But look at his response. Verse 23. <laughs> are you there? But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, what? 
Can you imagine if Abraham said that to Sarah that day? That's for that time. Get behind me, Sarah. Because you don't understand spiritual things. I'm sure Peter would have wondered why he said that. I'm not talking to you. But Peter didn't know that at that time, he was on lease. A short lease. Many people that direct their lives, the counsel came from somebody close. Your wife said that to you. You are the one that this was going to tell. He actually said that to you. <laughs> if it is me, I will do this. I will do that. And then you should have began to med- med- meditate on doing this and doing that. Until they chase you out of the house. Many men that get into all kinds of vices, it's a friend that teaches them to pop. It's always coming from someone. It didn't come from heaven. It was no revelation that told you this is how you do it. <laughs> come and tell me that happened to you. That you saw a revelation and an angel told you how to be smoking weed. Somebody said it to you. How to take abuse alcohol. Somebody said it to you. Like you're, you're, you're a big boy now. What is all this? You're a senior man. You're not be behaving like a, like a, like a, take it, boy. All this Martina, Martina, Mart. You're bigger than that. Just take this cup. I said, well, one cup. So, fully bottled. Different things happen. People close to us are a blessing. But we need discernment to know when they are under the influence. To avoid a major, it's a major attack. It, it, it looks simple. It's, look at uh, Amnon. Is it Amnon? The son of David. Who counseled him? No, no. Jonadab counseled him to rape his sister. Who died? Amnon. That guy that counseled him is still alive. Sorry, I'm still alive. Still alive. And he showed him how to do it. Strategy. Why are you sad now? It's a small thing. Just tell us to come and serve you food when you come in. Use your leg to push it down. It will be like that. Just one thing. And he did it. Two years after, after I was doing this. Some of you are thinking in a particular way now because somebody says something to you. It could be on social media. Just watch one video about pastors. You've not verified it. You don't know what it is. I just concluded about life on somebody's. How can you be making destiny decisions on somebody's post? Is your intelligence is bothering me? I'm telling you, somebody just said something, and based on that, I'm not serving God anymore. Do you know the beginning of the story? Were you there? Do you know how powerful media is? When you watch most of those global media, they tell you what they want you to know. When there was war in Iraq, if you know how many American soldiers were amputated, if you see them like in a warehouse, you won't go to war again. They never show you that. They show you how Saddam Hussein was going down. Ah, the day I saw, I put plenty of them. They won't show you that. Now when some more videos, somebody said something about tithing, you know, and then I will never tithe again. Ah, that's how you decide. That's how you decide about life. They work on your mind. All men has come, minus me. I'm a great man. All women are not bad. You made a bad one. Pray to God to lead to the good one. And some of the ones you are meeting is because of the kind of music you listen to. Mm. Mm. All those music you put in your ears of people that sing strange things. 
you go sleep with it. You now wake up with environmental spirits that are dangerous. So why shouldn't that kind of man be the one coming to you? Me, kind of us who come to you, the spirits you are carrying, because the words are spoken unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You now leave somebody that has been married for 10, 10 times into drugs, into all kinds of satanism. You listen overnight, it's emptying your spirit. You wake up with that spirit everywhere. It's that kind of persons that will approach you. Believe me. What kind of environment are you creating for your life? All men are not scum. All women are not bad. They are great ones. We will meet them. Amen. We will be them. Amen. Okay, I have 10 more minutes. Let me close. Okay, the other one is mammon. Uh, money. Hmm. Acts 8, 18. The spirit of mammon is a problem in Nigeria today. It's our national disease. Every nation has their own spiritual problems. Uh, British is pride. Uh, America is entertainment. What is Canada? New Zealand is religion. Some of those European countries religion. They are mostly you know, Catholics, but they don't really serve God. Just a religious spirit doesn't mean no God. So every nation have their own principality. For Nigeria, it's money or mammon. People can do anything for money. And that spirit is very destructive. That's why God said you cannot serve God and mammon. I thought it would have been you cannot serve God and Satan. And when Simon saw that through the laying of the disciples, apostles' hand, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them what? Money. Look at the reaction of the apostles, verse 19. <laughs> Saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Next verse. The, but Peter said to him, your what? Because you thought that the gift of God could be what? So they know. That is a dangerous presence. Achan in the Old Testament did not survive it, neither his family. Gehazi, an associate pastor of Elisha. What we should have today should have been Elijah, Elisha, and Gehazi. But money humbled him. And he picked up leprosy. And uh, Elisha cursing him. He said, It's going to be on you and your seed. So that thing affects people much more than they think. Now, you have stolen or collected the clothing from General Naaman, the Gucci suit. How beautiful is that on leprosy now? Doesn't pay. Achan, Gehazi, Judas. Ah, Judas is on, you know, I, I'm still studying it. But it affected me a lot because it was Judas that went to meet the chief priest. And was now prizing his master. <laughs> God. And then they were sitting with you, 40 dollars, 50 dollars. They now arrived at 30. And you agreed. But before that time, scripture says, and Satan entered Judas. And I pity him because by the time the devil was done with him, he threw the money on the floor. He didn't spend the money and he died. And I said, Jesus, you prayed for Peter, but you didn't pray for Judas. He told the two of them, when they were eating, you will betray me thrice. Peter was still boasting, you will betray me back. But I'm, I prayed that you bounce back. But he never prayed for Judas. When we get to heaven, I'm going to ask him. But my analysis is, when money gets involved, it's a dangerous terrain. Peter bounced back. He denied him. He cried. He became a apostle Peter. There are many basilicas, or whatever you call them, in every, that's what Peter's even in this place. There are people here, I said, yes. 
Só quando eu não posso levantar. You didn't spend the money. Ekan didn't enjoy the money. Gaius can't enjoy it. Neither did Ananias and Sapphira. And then this Simon that they told me, go and repair it. So beware of mammon. Don't be making big stuff about money. Everything money, money. So you don't mourn. Prosperity is of God, but we use it for his glory. What is not your own, don't keep it in your house. Don't keep it in your account. It can be a curse on your children. The effect might not show immediately, but when the hurricane of it begins to flow, it's very dangerous. Beware of the spirit of mammon. Number final. Discouragement. Beware of discouragement. Proverbs 13, 12. Discouragement itself is an attack. Uh, most people don't know that discouragement is an attack. I just feel discouraged. When the enemy wants to attack people, he comes with discouragement first. It's like John the Baptist was not his savior. He was a forerunner. So he said, I'm not the one. I'm just like, uh, I'm the one uh, I, like setting the stage for the main person. Discouragement is like John the Baptist. is actually setting the place, the, the place for the real attack. Because it leaves you vulnerable. You open up. Then there comes. So when you see discouragement, fight it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes... So when the things we are trusting God for, we are looking for, we don't get it on time, it affects us. Delays, detours, disappointments in people or institutions. As I said earlier, some people don't serve God again because of one bishop made a mistake, one pastor, they were just disappointed. And then the next thing, I'm not serving God again. Like it was the blood of that bishop that saved him. Or maybe you're trusting God for a job or marriage or something, and it's now 10 years, 15 years. You can get to a point where you just say, anybody, as long as a human being is female, I'm married. Or some people start stealing. When the money breakthrough they're looking for seems delayed, and they must help themselves. Psalms 42, verse 5. And in case you're here, you are discouraged. I don't know what it is. Maritally, something went wrong. Maybe you, 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 your marriage failed. It's not the end of your life. Yes, you made mistakes. But you cannot, I don't think God will allow you to now wreck the entire destiny because of that. Me, I forbid it. You can bounce back. You should bounce back. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you what? Disquieted within me. What should you do? Don't be hopeless. For what? Why? For I shall over that matter. For he will help me. Let Psalms 42 sink in. Our daughter, one of our daughters got uh, graduated from elementary school uh, this week. Um, before that, she had math, this math quiz they do, which she did last year. She was number five, almost the last. She cried because she likes, you know. <laughs> She relaxed, she cried. And just, she knew the questions, but just a little mistake. The marks just, you know, plummeted. It was in, I think, primary five. Now, this year, last week, they did the same math quiz. She now came first. And then she graduated and became, she was the best student. And I told the other kids, the things you couldn't catch yesterday, you will catch tomorrow. Don't now end tomorrow because you didn't catch it today. 
seasons will always come. You missed that job, uh, that man failed you, or that lady failed you. Don't be praying against him or her. Today, wish him or her well. God, the owner, will bring another son or daughter to you. Oh, that job messed you up. They connived against you. They even sacked you or fired you, whatever you call it. Let it go. Don't even wish them evil. Another job is on the way. He said, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. So you can begin to give him advance praise concerning that matter. Another way you handle discouragement is by learning to ask God questions. Wipe the tears away and say, Lord, what must I do to change this situation? Or where have I missed it? And then the answer to such quest will always bail you out of that discouragement. He will give you an instruction. I shared a story yesterday about our church that God told us to be praising him. And he bailed us out powerfully. Yours might be something different. He will give you a direction, a step to take. Ask him, Lord, I'm tired of this thing, but you are faithful. Okay, what must I do? What step do you want me to take? Or where have I missed it? He said, as you are praying, you get the word inside you. Or in the course of that week or that season, something will come across you. And you will know it's your answer. Okay, okay, okay. Like there was a lady I was talking to. I said, I noticed that you broke up four years ago, but you've not really broken up. You know how you carry something? God can't open the new door until that goes. Let it go. Let it go. And then another season will come. So it's my prayer that God will give each one their own answers. Amen. But the enemy will not have the last laugh. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Rise up on your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.